0: I want you to imagine something for me really quick, okay? Imagine that you're playing college football and you're killing it, right? Every fucking week or however often they play, you're getting out there, you're fucking grinding with your team, you guys are figuring it the fuck out, I don't really know how football works, but... You're just killing it every week, man. Getting your ass beat. Getting fucking. Maybe you're the QB, getting a lot of throws. Maybe you're the fucking guy who who fucking who the QB throws to, and you're getting a lot of catches. Right. Everything's going good, and now you're in the finals. You you got the semifinals. You beat them. Now you're in the finals. Right. Now you're going to the national fucking championship okay, and you win the national championship out of all college football teams, you're the best team. Now, Donald Trump fucking calls you guys, he calls your coach maybe, right, or whoever the guy is, he calls the main guy for your team, and he's like i want to take you guys to the white house and i want to have dinner for all of you guys and i want to host it here and it's going to be a great beautiful event and you're sitting there thinking oh my god i'm only 20 fucking 2 years old and i'm going to have dinner at the white house with donald fucking tea, baby. This is going to be absolutely unreal. So now you're sitting there and you're fucking, you're, you're, maybe your girlfriend's sitting there, right? And she's like, oh my God, what do you think it's going to be? Like, what are you going to do? Do you have a suit? Are you going to fucking go there? How are you going to get there? She's asking all these questions, right? And you're kind of like, babe, please just fucking, I don't know either. I don't fucking know. Just, I. So then she starts helping you, right? Because clearly there's a lot of frustration. So you go to Nordstrom and you buy a fucking $7,000 suit, okay? And and you had it fucking tailored to your body. Tom Ford, it's a beautiful suit. You want to look nice when you get to the White House, right? Now, you get in the car and it's a fucking stretch limo that pulls up to, I don't know, wherever the fuck your team was at at that time, right? Maybe your coach's house or wherever. Stretch limo pulls up and it's a Hummer limo, but it's a new one because those are fucking old and pretty shitty now. But it's, a new, it's something you've never even seen before, right? And you get in there, and now you're driving, you're on the way to the White House, and you see a bunch of these in the background, right? If you can't see what I'm doing, I'm pointing to my screen, which shows a McDonald's sign. You see McDonald's, you see Wendy's, you're thinking all the fucking broke pieces of shit, that eat there, I'm fucking, I'm I'm living large now, baby, I got my fucking girlfriend next to me, I got my team with me, I'm dressed in $7,000 worth of a suit, I'm going to the White House to eat dinner, you're texting all your friends, dude, remember we used to go to eat at McDonald's, we were fucking poor as shit, and you're just really fucking digging in on people that go to eat at fast food places, and then, you fucking open the door, and you see this. Now, if you don't know what I'm doing, I'm pointing to the screen, which is Donald Trump in the White House with 350 fucking burgers from Wendy's. Now, here's why this would kind of, you walk in the door and you see this, here's what I'm doing. Well, I I would look back at the screen. If I saw this, I just wanted to make sure it was like it it looked right. If I saw this when I fucking opened the door and I saw Donald Trump with forty-five million fucking dollars worth of Wendy's, which it really wasn't forty-five million dollars worth, it was probably like six hundred bucks worth, I would turn the fuck around, walk out of the door, and then I would just I would walk home. That's kind of my go-to. Thing. <laughs> That's my go-to thing when I'm frustrated. I think I said that two episodes ago when when my girlfriend pissed me off or whatever if I was on a date. This is what I would do. If that fucking happened, all I get ready, I get a fucking $1000 suit, my girlfriend's hype me up, I'm texting all my friends, I'm super excited I'm going to eat there and there's fucking McDonald's at the White House that I'm going for this fancy dinner. I'm telling the the limo driver to go suck a cock. Which he really doesn't deserve it because it's not fucking his fault. But I'm pissed off, so I don't really. I'm not thinking right. Tell the Uber driver, "Fuck you." Look Donald D. Donald D. in the eye, and fucking don't even. I wouldn't even say anything. I just look him in the eye, and he would know how I felt. And then I'd walk home, in my suit. And then I and that would fucking clear it. Because that shouldn't this shouldn't have fucking happened. That's all I'm trying to say. Alright. I really stretched this out and then the ending I kinda of let you let you guys down. Right? It should have been a big ending, which was like the kicker, but the kicker was really in the beginning. But my point is Donald Trump, this is, this is a new fucking segment we're going to do. And I really hope I stick with this. Donald Trump is the stroke job of the week. Okay. I don't get into politics and you guys know this, but I see shit like this on Tinder, on on Tinder. God, fuck. I see shit like this on Twitter. And this is the shit that I read because I could get behind stories like this and I care about them because they're kind of funny, but it's like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? The Isn't he the richest like president to ever fucking be the president? Isn't he a billionaire? He's got to be a billionaire, right? Donald Trump net worth. The guy's net worth is $3.1 billion, and he fucking treated a team of like 70 people, or like maybe it's 100 people. I don't even know. There can't be that many fucking people, right? Even if it was 100 people, and you spent... 20 bucks a person that's not a lot he spent like fucking 395 per person getting him a dollar hamburger and a fucking wrap and then he said like it's America's food no here's what it is you're a fucking cuck that's all uh, it's it doesn't matter about where the food fucking came from if I'm going to the billionaire president's White House and I get a two dollar hamburger I feel... Fucking betrayed, and then I get definitely wouldn't be voting for him next fucking election. I don't give a fuck if um if Minnie Mouse ran for president, I would vote for her because I fucking hate this cocksucker. Sorry, I, I don't really know. I really don't hate him. I just hate that that happened. You know. Let's fucking move on. Um, this week we got a lot to talk about. Um, we're gonna talk about this guy Billy McFarland and his Fire Festival fucking scam. This is a great story that I read. Um, it's I don't really read a story. I read about it online uh, two years ago when it happened in 2017. And before, before I get into this, actually, I want to say one thing really quick. This week, I've been unemployed for the past, like, I don't know, two weeks. And I normally am unemployed, anyways, but lately I've just been, you know, fucking taking this year really, really fucking slow. You know, just waking up at fucking noon, cooking some food, maybe going out to eat for dinner, playing Fortnite, getting some work done, um, having a few calls. I'm working on some promotional deals for the podcast. I'm getting my first actual sponsor. So there's, I've d- done like some work. Um, I got a lot of pre-orders coming in for shoes that we're going to talk about later, but I've really just been just living like a fucking, just in a fantasy world, basically. I'm kind of believing that I have a lot of money already and acting like I can just wake up and fucking do nothing with some of my days Um, when I really can't because I I don't really have the money to do that right now. But I got to admit, it feels fucking great because last year I really worked my balls off and I don't really do vacations a lot. But when I quit my job and I just told everyone to fuck off and I just took a couple weeks to just lay in fucking bed for hours and like do shit at home, it has been really great. Plus, A reason why I'm doing a lot of this is because my uh, license is suspended, so I can't fucking drive, and 90% of my job is like my job at home selling shoes is that I got to drive down you know whatever street and get shoes, or I got to meet a guy at this mall or meet a guy at this Starbucks and sell them or buy shoes from them, but I can't fucking do that right now because my license is suspended, so I'm fucked. So for the next month, I'm kind of just living like a piece of shit. And I, it feels fucking great to be honest with you. I couldn't, couldn't be happy. Well, I could be happier, but I'm, I'm satisfied. The other thing is because of my um, suspended license, I'm gonna be just leaving because I'm kind of getting sick of being at home now, and I want to start getting back to like working my dick off. So I'm gonna go to New York for a week in the beginning of. February, and then I think I'm gonna to go to Vegas for a week in the beginning of March, and I'm going to UFC 235. That's gonna be fucking great. Um, I'm waiting for them to send me my package, but I'm already fucking set in the mind, and I'm already taking my trip down to Vegas. I'm gonna be hanging out with Cody Garbrandt. You guys are hopefully gonna see. I don't know if he's gonna be on my podcast. He said he wants to. To he said he wants to, but I just I don't know. Like. I'm so over having guests on the podcast after the bad experience that I had with one. And like, I don't know. I only want Pootie on the podcast, to be honest with you. Pooty's energy and like the shit that we could talk about, that type of chemistry is what I want on the podcast. Otherwise, like, fuck it. I'll just have no guests on you know, so Cody might do the podcast. I'll definitely be meeting up with him and hooking him up with some shoes and you guys will probably see some pictures of us. So I'm super excited for that. And Vegas weather right now is a lot fucking better than Chicago. So I'm just excited to get back in the traveling fucking mode and um, stop laying in bed for 12 fucking hours every day. Uh, Why I have this up behind me and you can't see it. But this girl that I guess went to like a high school near me, she lives in my hometown. I never really talked to her. I actually, here's the thing. This is a good little inspirational story before we get into the main topics of the day. Um, This girl that used to go to a school near me, I would see pictures of her all the time. She's like fucking stunning, right? She's very, very gorgeous, pretty girl. And she's like fucking, I think she's a year older than me. Maybe she's 21 or 22, but... Um, I would see her at, like, parties or, like, on fucking Instagram and Twitter, and I always assumed that she was, like, a druggy fucking, like, does acid and pops fucking, I don't know what you do with shrooms, pop them, eat them. Um, I thought she was like a druggy chick, which is really kind of fine because I'm into druggie chicks, like girls that go to fucking raves and like do Molly and do acid and shit, whatever the style of clothes that they wear is fucking hot. And it's just, that's a fact, right? When they got like the bandana on and they wear like rocks and they fucking pray to stones, It's fucking weird, but I always find myself pretty attracted to that. I don't know what it's called. It's like hippie, goth, like uh, grudge type of... What the fuck's that word that starts with a G? I don't know. But anyways, she had like that style, that like hippie style. Where's the fucking leggings with like tie-dye and a fucking tapestry on her wall? And I assumed like, oh, she's a druggie. I never said anything to her. I never talked shit about her. I never like... It was just like, yeah, I just wrote her off as like, she's probably fucking at a rave right now and it's three in the fucking 3 p.m. So I wrote her off as that. Then like a few years went by, high school went by and now I found out that for the past like two and a half years, she's been thrifting clothes and then she like, I don't really know exactly what what she does so she could tell you more, but I guess she thrifts clothes and then like customizes them and like cuts slits in them and customizes them is really all I could fucking say. And she takes a regular pair of pants that she thrifted and makes them look like this. And that's fucking dope because it's creative and she's making money on her own. And it's like, it's something that I did when I was a kid, which, which is like customizing phones and like doing all that shit that I've talked about. And I never really see that in people that I grew up with, especially from the girls that I grew up with. And it's nothing against them. It's just a fucking fact. Um, so to see someone that is doing shit like creatively and she's clearly making money on her own, she has like 550 sales on her Etsy page. It's called Second Wind Thrift Shop. It's five stars, 134 ratings. Um, yeah, over 500 sa- sales on the page, which is actually fucking bizarre. Um, I probably couldn't sell five fucking items on my page. So props to you. And there's a lot of different products on here. They're like $30 to $50 range. She does like tops and pants. It's all woman's shit. So for all the guys that listen to this podcast, buy your fucking girlfriend something, huh? Funny to fucking support a girl out there that's really chasing something and uh, she's working for herself rather than going to fucking Starbucks, right? So I just want to give a little shout out to her. Her name is Sydney Bertoncello, I think. Um... And, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. Go fucking buy something is basically what I'm saying. So, yeah. And the other point of why I was saying that is that I kind of fucking judged her in the beginning. I never knew the girl, and uh, I just thought that she was fucking, like, I don't know. I thought that she was just very basic as fuck. And it turns out that she's doing something way cooler than, like, 99% of the woman that I know. So, that was just, wanted to give a little plug there. Now, let's talk about Billy McFarland and why he's a fucking cock. Um, Billy McFarlane is a guy that he is basically, I think he's like, I don't know how old he is, is, okay? He's like 20, let's say he's 29. Maybe he's not, maybe he is. Maybe I got it dead on and maybe I fucked it up, right? But he started a thing called the Fire Festival, right? And this was two years ago. It was in 2017. And there's like, tons of fucking shit going on about this right now. Netflix just did a documentary about it, and so did Hulu. So, you could go get the full story here. I just want to talk a little bit about it because it just all ties into something that I'm doing. So, he starts this festival, and he he basically had a vision of going to the Bahamas and renting on an island that was previously owned by Pablo Escobar, which we'll get to that in a second. Um, he rents out this island and claims that he bought it for $84 million or whatever. They found out later that he really just rented it, and he's a fucking stroke job. Also, the stroke job of the week. He's number two. but um, So he creates this like promo video, which I'll actually play in the background because I have it pulled up. He creates this promo video, right? And this is, it says, Announcing Fire Festival. You could look this up on YouTube. And they got fucking planes. There's sexy-ass models on this thing. Um, I don't know if you know Bella Hadid. I don't really think she's that attractive, but I guess a lot of people do. So Bella Hadid's there. Um, It says, like, it says two transformative weekends. The point of this festival is supposed to be, like, a utopia fucking fantasy world brought to real life. You're supposed to be able to go there and see Kendall Jenner And I can't think of these other fucking models' names. Haley, whatever, Bieber, whatever her name was before. Justin Bieber's uh, wife is going to be there. And or was supposed to be there, and just a ton of sexy Instagram models, right? Influencers, the people in the world that get paid for who fucking knows what, right? You you were born, and you had a nice pair of tits and a decent ass, and now you have three million Instagram followers, and you get paid $100,000 for one post. Those people, right? They're already living in a fucking fantasy world, really, but this trip and this festival is supposed to be really just to tie it all in. Only ten thousand people could go to this thing, right? And the the tickets were like three thousand dollars or four thousand dollars, up to two hundred thousand dollars. And this Billy McFarland guy, the founder of it, was selling these like tickets that were they were they would say like, oh, it's you're gonna get a villa, right? You're gonna get a nice fucking Two-bedroom villa, which is like a little cabana thing. If you don't know what that is, go fucking look it up. Um, and he was basically selling a lot of shit that weren't that wasn't true. So he would sell a villa for a hundred thousand dollars that you get to rent out for the four days of the festival, and uh, then the people. Oh, I guess I'll give a little bit more information before I tell you that. But. Now he starts getting investments from people because he doesn't have the money to put up for this whole thing. So he starts getting investments from like actual fucking venture capitalists that are writing him, um, I guess, checks or wire transferring him like five or five hundred thousand dollars. And he got so many of them that it was up to twenty-five million dollars total that he got invested. And he created these fake spreadsheets that said like Kanye West paid off for $2 million, fucking Bella Hadid paid 300000 and wrote all of these things out that made it look like he was paying all these people and that's why he needed the money. Um, the fucking dumb fucks, of the the like investors, the fucking idiots that gave him money. I don't understand. Like they must have not been super smart. He didn't go to fucking Barbara whatever that brought on a uh, Shark Tank and Kevin O'Leary. He didn't go to like them, right? And they're very legit investors. So he must have went to some fucking idiots because how could you write a guy a check for two million dollars? Because he gave you a fucking Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. Like that doesn't make sense. But um, fast forward to the ending of the story because I need to kind of wrap it up here. It's kind of running a little long, which I tend to do a lot. Um, so now he fucking sets this thing up and it's like three weeks out. And he can't afford villas, nor can he, he find people to build 250 villas for these people. So he gets fucking tense and let me pull up a picture for you viewers out there fire festival tents and okay to be fair they're nice looking tents they're like clearly they're like i mean it's a it's a nice tent because it's like there there's metal around them and they did have two full size beds in there and a little fucking like bed stand nightstand thing so it was like okay it was nice it wasn't shitty um I'm going to give two sides of the story. So for all the people that are getting triggered while I'm saying this, I I got you. I'll take care of you. Give me one sec. Um, People show up, flew in from Miami to the Bahamas, which must have been like a 10-hour flight, and they fucking see this shit right here. A bunch of fucking tents, and it's not shitty in general, but it's shitty if you paid for $5,000 and expected a villa and you come to see a little white tent that has like two beds inside instead of like a fucking kitchen and lights and a fire and fucking all this beautiful shit that you were promised. So that's basically what happened. That's That's the fucking... Uh, that's the outline of the story. I don't know if that's an outline, but that's the word that I'm using. That's how what happened. Everyone got fucking screwed, basically. And then they had to turn around and go home. Now, here's a little bit more information about this Billy guy. Clear uh I don't know why I'm saying clearly, but in the past, before he started Fire Festival, he had a credit card company that was also like came out to be a scam. And he's just a fucking finesser, man. And um There was a lot of people that are saying like, how could you get mad at this and like rich kids deserve to be screwed over on this trip because, uh, you know, you put all that money out and you're fucking rich as fuck anyways. What does it matter there? It's kind of true, but it's also fucking bullshit. And yes, if I was stranded somewhere in the world and someone scammed me with a festival and I had no tickets, but I got to sit on the fucking like Bahamas and like lay on a beach and sit in a fucking tent after, that's not really shitty, right? It's not the end of the world. There's people that are fucking dead or like literally dying on a fucking random street in New York that just got beat the fuck up. Like, there's... I mean, there's also way worse than that, but there's a lot of worse situations that you could be in than being stranded on a fucking... In the Bahamas. And you guys should definitely go watch these documentaries. They're really fucked up, but it's like... It's good because uh, you get to see what's... It's fucked up because it's real, you know? The story sounds so fictional and sounds so like, how could someone pull that off? But I don't know. And then after... After the fucking guy gets caught and he got like he went to jail for I think wire fraud and all this other shit, then he gets out on bail for like three hundred thousand dollars and he's like waiting to be like I don't know whatever waiting for his case to go through I don't know how that shit works, but then after like a week after he gets out of jail for this because he was only in there for like holding, um, now he he takes all the fucking email lists that people were like being emailed for the fire Festival and he like sells it to a guy and he works on this with this guy and they start emailing everyone that went to the fire Festival saying like, hey, we have early tickets to the Met Gala, which you can't even fucking get. And then they say, hey, we have early tickets to Justin Bieber's fucking tour. And if you wire us, like go to this website and pay this fucking whatever account $500 and you'll get tickets, early access to all this shit. And people were fucking doing it How fucking dumb. Imagine going, spending $5,000 on a festival that's supposed to be super great. Getting there, it's the complete opposite. You get a cheese sandwich and you sleep in a tent. And Kanye, Blink-182, all these people aren't there. And then you come home and you get an email that says, Hey, want tickets to the Met Gala? And you fucking go buy it. You're you're a fucking... Oh, my God. I don't want to use the R word because I don't I don't like that, but you're a fucking moron, okay? Um, and you would be the stroke job of the week if we were in 2017. Now, the reason why I told that story is, one, because I thought it was really great, and I think you guys should all go watch the documentaries, whether it's on Hulu or Netflix. I watched the Netflix one first because it gives you more, like, about the festival, and then the Hulu one gives you more about the scam artist and all that shit. So... Netflix first, then Hulu, if you just have a fuckload of time on your hands like I do. But most of you guys probably have jobs and can't really do all that. But anyways, I asked, watching this inspired me to ask people, what were your worst festival or concert experiences that you've ever had? And I don't really do concerts. I don't do festivals. I've told you guys this before. I don't want to rub against a guy that's fucking sweating. I don't want someone that's on acid to come up to me and just fucking make out with me. Uh, I don't want to see people throwing up in a field. I don't get into all that. And I don't care to fucking hear like up-tempo fucking Skrillex shit. Like I'd rather go to Starbucks, get a fucking cake pop, and beat off in the fo- in the bathroom of Starbucks. I'd rather do that than go to a fucking festival, okay? So I ask these people, what's the worst experience you've ever had at a concert or festival? DM me your stories. I asked all of my fans, all of you wonderful people, um, first one, one time I went to a sold out concert and lost my friend. I went to find her as I'm walking through the crowd and a man was kneeling and peeing on my feet. Now I read this and I kind of thought like, okay, how are you walking and this guy's peeing on your feet? Like, is he walking? Like, are you fucking doing this walking and he's walking with you like side by side? Oh my God, I don't even... I don't. Okay, you get what I'm saying, right? You're walking straight and there's a guy like sidestep walking like this while he's peeing on your feet. Either way, uh, I don't think someone would make that up and that's fucking disgusting and you should have bitch slapped him. This is where women really got to come in to fucking play, right? A guy pisses on your feet and you got to just... Just punch him in the fucking mouth. He's probably on drugs. Clearly, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. You don't know what the fuck he's doing. Someone's got to get fucking hit there, right? So I just hit you, what the fuck, and uh, yeah, that that's fucking disgusting. Then I thought about like how many times I've had sex with a girl and had her foot in my mouth, and I'm thinking, like, what if some guy just wanted to throw up, right? So now, kind of killed my fetish a little bit there, Kind of want to fucking throw up, but it's fine. Next one. I was waiting on a show to start sitting on a log next to a pond. The sun was setting, and I was quietly rolling a joint. Well, you know, that's kind of cool, right? You're rolling a joint, and there's a fucking a ton of music going. Everyone's chilling out. You're rolling a joint outside. That's cool. I like when people smoke outside, and I like when people really use the fact that Like, weed is fucking legal now for recreational use in most places. I love to see people getting high outside. I don't know why LA, everything smells like weed, and fucking, I love it. But, um, I don't even get high myself, but I just love the smell. I like the smell of weed. Anyways, um, the sun was setting. I was quietly rolling a joint, basically getting ready to charge the crowd. When all of a sudden, a guy completely naked ran up to us, uh, screaming to everyone, grab my dick, grab my dick. It took security 20 minutes to to get a hold of this guy. And when they did, they ended up zipping him completely up in a body bag uh, to carry him away. It was fucking nuts to see, no pun intended. Um, And to top it off, he ended up talking to someone the next day that camped right next to the guy. And apparently his friends gave him 10 hits of LSD without telling him. Now, that's what my that's what I feel like would happen to me. I feel like if I went to a festival, I've always wanted to go to like Coachella, simply, simply based on the fact that there's like a ton of, I don't know, hot girls there and like good music, but the music's not even really that good. But just because there's like a ton of hot chicks there, I feel like it would be fun to get tan outside and like hit on girls all day and fucking drink water, right? Um but I feel like if I went, being the sober guy, I'm going to buy water and it's going to be fucking molly water and then I'm going to die or I'm just going to like get fucking, I'm going to buy a steak sandwich and instead of regular mushrooms, they're going to put fucking shrooms, like the drug shrooms on it. And then I'm going to fucking be like high, which I would take shrooms, by the way. I have been thinking about this a lot and I think I would try shrooms only because I've read like the, the health like Ben or not benefits. I've read the fucking bad shit that could happen to you from taking shrooms versus smoking weed and like cigarettes and all that. And I think shrooms is one of the healthiest like drugs that you could do because of like, it's, it's very natural and there's not a lot of shit that goes into it. And it's not like some guy fucking mixing chemicals into a fucking thing. You know, I don't know. I just read that it's not that bad for you if you take it. Um, but I've also read that if you have a bad trip on shrooms, you will literally like consider fucking killing yourself. Um, I should ask that next, but I don't think I have a lot of people that I know that done shrooms, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, I was at a Sean Kingston concert. First of all, don't do that. Anyways, this guy was leaning on stage to take a selfie with Sean and Sean came up to me. Okay. He said Sean four fucking times. Sean came behind him as if, Okay. Sean came up behind him as if to make the picture better. That's what he said. I'm not being dumb. That's what he said. As if to make the picture better, and then grabbed his phone and threw it into the mosh pit where it presumably was stepped on. He also was smacked the guy in the back of his head. Okay, this guy, fucking learn how to speak, man. I can barely fucking read, and when you type like a fucking idiot, and then I try to read it, It's just a big shit show. So, and then I got to do that on my show, and then I look bad, and then the fans think you're an idiot, and then my fans think I'm an idiot. So, basically, you know, Sean Kingston had a fucking rage moment, acted like he was going to take a picture with someone, and threw it in the mosh pit. Sean Kingston's a fucking cocksucker. Are we surprised? Didn't that guy, like, fuck a uh, fucking beanie baby or something? Didn't he do something really fucked up? What did he do? I don't remember what he did, or maybe he's dead. I don't know. Maybe he's not. I don't know. He's. I thought he did something dark. I can't think of it right now. Um, at a Taylor Swift concert this year, me and my friend made a massive sign on the back that said, "Sorry if you can't see, just shake it off." Right, kind of cute. They fucking wrote the lyrics on the back. And it's kind of a fuck you. If I was behind it, I would say I'm not going to shake anything off. I'm going to take your fucking head and slam it into the goddamn cement if you don't take your fucking sign and throw it out, okay? Because I wouldn't want to go to a concert and be in the back with some fucking cunt that has her sign, (laughs) like, blocking the concert, right? So anyways, like the lyrics, and some grumpy old dad who clearly isn't a stan... I don't know what that means, reported us because it was rude, and a steward was told a grumpy man who said we couldn't put it up, and we were so mad that we asked the head steward to, and we asked the head steward about the sign, and they said it was okay, but this completely ruined our, our mood, and we were allowed big signs. I understand you're taking your daughter to her first concert, but I've been a stand for 10 years now. And if you don't get the lyrics, you shouldn't be there. Okay, I don't know what a stan is. I'm guessing a stan is a fucking person that holds up a sign. But you know what? Even though the girl who messaged me this is fucking hot as shit, I gotta go against you right now. I'm with the old guy. Don't fucking bring a sign. Watch the fucking thing, man. If I'm going to a concert, I'm not gonna be the guy that like has my phone like this the whole fucking time, like recording. Also, look at my shirt, by the way. Um... I would never have my phone out the whole time at a concert. I would take a couple pictures, put my phone down, sing and fucking dance and have a fun time and do whatever people do at concerts. And uh, yeah, if someone had a a sign in front of me, I'd be fucking pissed. Imagine going to your, imagine going to see your fucking mom give birth or some like beautiful thing. And maybe not like the exact, like imagine going to the hospital. And your mom is giving birth, right? It's very beautiful because it's your little baby brother that's about to come out. And the doctor holds a sign right in front of your eyes that says like, if you don't fucking, I do something on the back that says basically fuck off and he's holding a sign up, you would be like, hey, fuck you, man. Can I see this beautiful moment that I fucking spent all this time for that only happens once? And then the doctor would be like, dude, fucking, I'm going to go to the stewardess. Fuck you, man. That's you. The girl that messaged me this, you're the doctor that is being, you got to understand the other person's perspective is what I'm saying. If someone came up to your fucking concert that you wanted to see so bad and had a sign in front of you and you couldn't see, you would be pretty fucking triggered too. So I, I, can't, I can't side with you there. Um, my mom and dad went to a concert in Jamaica in 2002 Was it the fucking fire festival? Maybe it was. And they were with a group of guys. Oh, there were a group of guys that surrounded them, basically forcing them to buy hard drugs. After they continued to tell them that they weren't interested, the group started threatening them with guns, which is kind of like a fun thing to happen at a concert, um, saying bad things would happen if they didn't give them money. Later, they found out that they were in an area notorious for the cartel And game related activities, and they pay off the police so they don't help people like that that interfere with the cartels. Luckily, my mom and dad got out of the situation, but still a crazy story to be held at gunpoint with cops around watching doing nothing. Yeah, if I was there, I would feel so fucking like confused. Like, imagine guys are like holding you gunpoint trying to take your money, and you look, and there's a cop just doing this. I would be like, am I fucking dreaming right now? I would probably just... You know what? In that situation, I would say, guys, take my fucking money and kill me afterwards. Because this is going to scar me for life. And I don't want to fucking... I don't want to be here anymore anyways. So just fucking take me out. And uh, I'd let him just... I'd let him kill me. I had a friend once. They got robbed gunpoint. And that's what he did. He told the guy, I'm suicidal anyways, dude. It really wouldn't fucking matter. And uh, the guy like, got fucking weirded out by that, and clearly the guy probably didn't have a loaded gun or wasn't a real gun, and the guy was like, what the fuck, man, you're fucking weird, and then left, and that is, well, I I think if the guy really had a real gun, he would have fucking killed him, but if someone said, like, yeah, man, fucking shoot me, I want to be dead anyways, man, just fucking do it, the other person would definitely be a little bit triggered and be like, holy fuck, what, like, you know, you wouldn't expect that, so... Maybe pulling the suicide card is good here. A kid tried to get with my girlfriend and knocked him out cold. This is a buddy of mine that I could... Like, this is probably 100% true. Um, I wouldn't fuck with this kid. And, uh, you know... But also, here's the other thing. I like to kind of debate my fans is what I'm realizing. Look, you, you went to a festival with a bunch of guys that are horny as fuck. If I go to a festival, like I just said, the main reason I'm there is to get a girl's number and, like, hook up and fucking try to bring her back to my hotel or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I want to have fun there. I want to fucking... There's thousands of people there. Thousands of people are probably also horny as fuck. And I guarantee you a lot of people are fucking, right? A lot of people are getting sucked. A lot of people are getting fucked. And that's what festivals are kind of all about. I don't care about fucking chain smokers or major laser, but... I could easily get head right now. So, hey, you want to fucking go back to my fucking place? And then a girl's like, let's fucking do it. I'm so fucked up. And then I would say no. But um, that's a different part. I'll get into that in a second. My point was, everyone's horny. If a guy comes up to your girlfriend, he probably doesn't really think like, I'm going to get this fucking guy's girlfriend. He's probably just horny and on drugs and doesn't realize that you're standing right there. So you shouldn't have knocked him out. I probably would have been like, hey, man. We're we got something going on here, and you aren't fucking invited. Uh And then it then left it up to him. Then if he did something again, like grabbed your tit or something, then yeah, maybe knock him out. But I would at least give him a chance to get the fuck out of here first before just rocking him in the face. But hey, that's the difference between me and you, right? What I was gonna say also is, if I went to a festival, I'd want to hook up. But if a girl is drunk or a girl's on drugs. I would be so fucking turned off. I know a lot of guys like to like go there and take advantage of people and hook up with girls that are on drugs and they're also on drugs. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, you both are fucked up. So maybe it's fine. But me being a sober guy, if I hook up with a girl that's on drugs, I look fucking like that's fucked up. Like, I completely understand that that would be wrong. So that's why I don't go to festivals because the time that by the time I get there, everyone's fucked up already and there's such a small amount of people that are like me that don't get fucked up that it's like by the time I'm hitting on girls and getting rejected or getting rejected because my mind is telling me this girl's on fucking heroin, um, by the time I find someone that's sober... It's just like, it's not going to fucking happen, really. I don't think, I've never met one person that's like, yeah, dude, I love festivals. I don't take any drugs, and I just like to enjoy the time. No one does that, right? So I would not probably not find luck in hooking up with someone, and that's why I don't go. But if I was to go, I I, I don't know. Maybe I'd try, maybe I'd try shrooms. No, I don't think I'd. I think if I try shrooms, I'd do it in my bedroom and just fucking sit there like, holy shit, dude, what's going on? And I just watched the room, you know, turn different colors and shit. Um, anyways, next story. I saw Rancid play an outdoor venue one summer, which if you don't know who Rancid is, it's a fucking great band. Um, the whole show, I was in a mosh pit with my friend. Bodies and beer cans flying everywhere. You had to constantly look up in the air to make sure you weren't going to get hit by a bottle or something. Already doesn't sound fun. And I was having the time of my life. Okay, well, me and my brother are very different. This is my brother saying this. Um, until at the end, as we were all leaving, the cops were stopping everyone on the way out. Turns out someone got stabbed two or three times with a knife in the throat during this show. When I got home, my legs had blood and beer on them. Can't say whose blood it was, but hey, you never know, am I right? Holy fuck, man. Imagine the people that are watching this that are like, oh my God, his brother stabbed the person. There's probably people out there that are like gonna try to fucking switch do the switcheroo in this story. But that's so fucked up. This is another reason why I don't really go out and I don't party. And this is kinda like kinda fucked up. I don't I don't really even agree with why I do this. But it's just this is why. I don't go to a lot of festivals or parties or anything because I worry about there being a shooting or a stabbing or something like that. We've fucking seen it at Mandalay Bay. We've seen it at schools. We've seen it at fucking movie theaters. There are sickening fucking people in the world right now and you can't fucking trust. You can't just like, I don't know, like I can't trust 30,000 people at a festival and And just like go there with my fucking phone in my hand and like a couple fucking bucks, right? I feel so vulnerable. And I know that a lot of people out there are like, that's not the fucking way to do it. Like you're losing. Like you got to fucking be confident. Don't let those people scare you. Like, I don't know. Like a lot of people like to be like, I'm not fucking worried about that. I'm not going to let that interfere with my partying. But then risk and reward. You risk possibly getting fucking shot in a mass massacre fucking killing spree um or the like the reward of that risk is like you got to see fucking Sam Smith play a shitty acoustic song and is it really worth it? No. You know, also music sounds better when you just put your headphones in because it's clear and you don't have to worry about people messing up or their voice cracking or 80,000 people next to you screaming the fucking lyrics like I don't know. It's just not my scene. My brother does mosh pits, which I've talked about before on this podcast, which actually that episode was fucking great. But like, dude, I don't know. Mosh pitting, like jumping around with fucking 500 people in a circle, just throwing fists is the dumbest thing that anyone could ever do. And my brother happens to be really smart. He was like almost valedictorian in the school. He was in fucking special clubs because of how smart he was. Straight A honors fucking list. Never missed a day of school unless he was like being sad. Um, And uh, yeah, and he goes to fucking mosh pits. I think that's like just a way to get some depression out, right? There's got to be, he doesn't enjoy doing Like, there's no way he enjoys punching random people in the face, right? It's got to be like, I had a fucked up week, or I had a fucked up, you know, me and this girl broke up, so I just got to let it out on some fucking guy, and, you know, hey, whatever fucking, not my kind of, not my kind of, whatever, you know, not my kind of fun, okay? Um, Friend puked all all over the seats and floor because he was drunk Uh, Way too much and we had to carry him up a couple flights and then he took then took him home. This kind of happened to me before Um, I I got fucked up at a party and they my, my two best friends which are still I consider good friends to this day, but I got fucked up at a party my first time ever getting drunk. And they fucking carried me like this, like one was on this side and one was on this side. My arms were over them. They carried me up the stairs and just like fucking threw me in my bed. I woke up the next morning with throw up all over my bed and never drank again, or never got that drunk again. Um, So, you know, it was, that was kind of fun. I like reading your guys' stories. I like to read these stories as well for my personal use because it helps me realize why I shouldn't go to fucking festivals and Um, tying in the whole fire festival thing, not only did I want you guys to see that and I wanted to like give a topic to like have something to do with my fucking fan question story things, but a fucking huge fucked up part about today that we don't really realize is how influenced most people are and like what that's going to do to the younger generation of kids right now is like... If I see an ad of Kendall Jenner that is like, fucking buy this water bottle, it's 350 bucks and it's great. I think like what a dumb fucking, like I would never spend that, right? But a lot of kids that aren't, that don't have a lot of confidence, I would say, or just like maybe don't have, I don't really know. They, they're lacking something, but which isn't wrong of them. It's like very normal. But a lot of kids that don't think that like smartly, I guess, would see an ad and be very fucking like, holy shit, if I buy this bottle of water, I'm going to be super cool. And if I buy this bottle of water, I'm going to get girls as sexy as Kendall Jenner. And I have the filter in my brain to say, no, you fucking won't. This is some stupid fucking ad on Instagram. But a lot of people just get influenced by this shit because they see thousands of people that they like admire that are gonna set this festival up or sell this fucking t-shirt or whatever it is. And they fucking buy into the scam. But I think the cure is how to not get influenced is to just sit down for fucking however long it takes. Maybe it takes an hour, maybe it takes a year. Sit down and think about what your priorities are. Think about what you think is actually cool. And then don't fucking change that for the rest of your goddamn life. If you think that, $380 t-shirts that Kendall Jenner wears is cool, that's fine, but you're going to lose a fuckload of money and you're going to think you're way fucking cooler than you are, right? If you don't think that that shit's cool and you don't admire a guy that has a yacht or a private jet or whatever and you don't give a fuck about all that, then that's great. Stick to who the fuck you are and don't let all the posts on Instagram and YouTube videos and influencers, don't let them fucking get to you, man, because at the end of the day, they're just trying to get fucking money and you're the you're the consumer and you're being fucking used is basically what I'm saying. Now I'm sure I've seen an ad on Instagram for a fucking, I don't know, a shirt and I looked on it and I might've bought it before. I'm sure there's little things that I've done, but I always do it thinking like, does it apply to me or am I just doing this for some fucking idiotic reason, right? Like, it's like, I would never buy a fucking fedora online because I don't wear fedoras. Maybe a black t-shirt, sure, I'll try it out because I like to have black t-shirts that are quality fucking material. But it's like, don't fucking, people like to change who they are really quick when it comes to like Instagram and all that shit. And uh, just, I don't know. And my point is just like, don't be a fucking idiot is basically what I'm saying. That's kind of, I've said that maybe 50 times this podcast. That should be the title of it, but... Um, I don't know, it's really fucked up. Also, a lot of influencers, their job is to, like, promote this very fake fucking life. It's actually what they talked about in one of the the documentaries. She actually said, like, an influencer's job is to act like they have a perfect life, which I never really thought about it that way, and I thought that that was just, like, super fucking deep. But um, a lot of people look at, like, some Instagram influencers as, like, that's just really how it is for them. But then you see like the behind the scenes and there was this girl that was talking about like, I live in a very shitty apartment and it's like very middle class or lower class average, like, and then I rent out these places and that's when I take my videos and that's when I shoot my photo shoots. And it was just like all very, and I appreciated that it was honest because she's saying like, This isn't fucking real. This is just what I do for my job. But you got to fucking really understand that. There are people that have 48 million followers because they're some great model and they live in the fucking Bahamas or wherever, Florida, beautiful place. And really, they're just taking pictures out there and then going home to live with their mom and dad and like bank all the money that they're getting. And that's just fucked up. Um, A lot of older people don't even know what influencers are. So go fucking watch the documentaries and you'll learn all about it. Now I want to talk about shoes, which is interesting because I do it every episode and I didn't write anything down but I haven't I had an idea, right? I wanted to look up the most anticipated um, shoes of 2019. Now I'm looking forward to me personally. I'm looking forward to the Travis Scott ones. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing the Chicago ones restock. It's just a rumor, and you're not going to see it on my website, or on this website, but it's a rumor, right? Now, this is sneaker news. This is their top 10 shoes, which I fucking highly disagree with a lot of these. Um, Number 10, don't even know how to fucking say this shoe. Giannis Antetokounmpo's Nike Greek Freak 1 Signature Shoe. That's what the shoe looks like. You can't even really tell what it looks like, but it's fucking hideous. I guess it's a basketball shoe. Not into them. This is a good one. Number nine, Virgil Abloh's Off-White Nike Air Force One in blue. I think these are only going to be like super fucking limited or a friends and family release, but I guess they're anticipating them to be a regular release. I clearly haven't done my research on these. I think they're cool. I think they're definitely going to be a lot of money because this will probably close out that collection. I know that Virgil and Nike uh, released, I think like a month ago, that, that whole collection, like they're fucking done with it and everything that's out is out. Um, so that's kind of cool. These are fucking hideous. More Nike ISPA craziness. I think those are, well, they're actually not hideous. They're just not, they don't look that good. I think I'd probably wear these in like a little, during my goth phase that I'm kind of going through right now, but... I don't know. They shouldn't definitely shouldn't be number eight. Number seven, Sean Witherspoon's Air Max 197 sequel. This is the light blue pair that I talked to you guys about last week. These should be like number three, just because of how fucking insane people went over the first pair. I personally would put these in my top five, but yeah, that's number seven. Number six is more Nike Air Fear of God 1 colorways. Now the Air Fear of God 1 I posted on, um, I think like three episodes ago, I had them in hand and i don't think that this is going to be fucking great because this is a classic nike fucking releasing way too many colorways and fucking shitting on a shoe see the reacts that came out last year they it was great when it was just the sales and that original black pair then they released like crimson red and fucking lime green and orange and this pair see-through and now there's an 85 model. Then there's an 87 model. They fucking ruined it. And I think my prediction, I'll make some predictions here too. My prediction of the market on these is that they're going to be significantly less than whatever the black and gray pairs are. I think that the original pairs will go up. I think that black pair is definitely going to hit a thousand in sizes like 10, 10 and a half, 11. Um, I got my hands on the gray pair. They're actually, or I don't have my hands on them yet, but the gray pair of the air fear God ones is coming in this week as well as the shoot arounds. And that's all I'm buying for this collection. I don't give a fuck how many white and lime and orange colors that they release. I'm over it. The two old, the two OG fucking pairs are the best ones. When you look at Yeezy V2s and you see like the belugas, the Belugas go for the most money. Then there was the breads. Then there's the Black Friday pack, which is already too many colorways. But I was fine with that. There was like five releases and they were all dope. And it was like plenty of fucking shoes of the same color. Now you look at the blue tints, you look at the Beluga 2.0s, you look at creams, sesames, butters, fucking statics, all of these shoes that are just like stupid amounts of like colorways and release numbers. And They're way less market. If you look at a Beluga pair DS right now, it's probably at least six or seven hundred bucks. And if you look at a pair of fucking uh, statics or butters or whatever, it's going to be $300 or under. So for all you resellers out there or people that are looking to buy shoes, the original colorways always, or at least 99% of the time will always be worth more. And when they start doing shit like this, you can expect those, those original colorways to go up in price because now people are going to buy them and stock them and watch the market on these get fucking shit on. Um, So that was number six. Number five, I don't know how to say this brand. I think it's Sakai, but they're layered Nike. I think they're making like an Air Force One or something. They're kind of making their own shoe, it looks like. These are pretty cool. Um, If you don't know what it is, look it up. It's S-A-C-A-I, layered Nike classics. All you have to do is type that in. Um, They're like a double tongue. There's like triple swooshes on them. It looks like a low top. It looks like an Air Max. to be honest with you, but... It's a little bit of like a Virgil style. I don't know. Maybe they're kind of fucking phony. They're ugly as shit color-wise, but if this was like black and red, which I'm sure Nike's going to release 50 more colorways, another prediction. um, I bet you the first pair of these will be dope. Then Nike will start releasing a ton of colorways. I'll probably buy one that's dope, and then they'll fucking ruin the market on them. Also, the, the toe box on these, I don't know what the fuck is happening right here. My hand's shaking. Um, But something's going on with those. That's number five. Number four is the Air Jordan Bread 11, which definitely is going to be super hyped for other people. I'm not excited about these because I've had OG 11s. I've had like 2005 or whatever, 2008 Retro 11s in the Bread Colorway, and they had the original box, and they were so fucking dope. And just this, like I don't get excited for new Retro 11s because I know that everyone's going to fucking have them and, uh, that's nowhere near as good quality as the fucking OG pairs. So that's number four. Number five is the self, self-lacing self Adapts that Nike is releasing, which I've already fucking had these in hand. I don't know why people are just figuring out what the fuck these are. Um... They're not that cool in hand, and let me tell you, these are they're self-lacing, but you still have to fucking put your hand on the shoe and hold the button down for like five seconds, which if you're going to do that, you could just fucking, for five seconds, you could just tie your shoes, and they retailed at like $650 or $700, and the buttons get really fucking shitty after a while, and my pair that I had was a friends and family pair. It was all white. Nobody fucking had them. There was under a thousand made, and the buttons would like all, were already flawed. I never even wore them. They were just in the box. And just from me like playing with the buttons once in a while, the shoe would like the top of it would close or the back of it would close. It was never like evenly self-lacing. It was just fucked up. They're super flawed. And maybe they're releasing again to fix the flaws, but. If you got 800 bucks, don't fucking buy these shoes, please. Um, Kanye West Adidas Yeezy basketball shoe. Kanye West has some fucking ugly ass Yeezys coming out. Check this shit out. 2019 Yeezy uh, I don't know, shoes. Let's just see if what comes up here. There's a few different models. Um, yeah, these are fucking hideous, man. I don't know what these are called. Um, I'm showing them on there right now. Maybe I should just maybe I should just fucking either find out what they're called or not talk about them, right? There's one that's called the inertia, which is an easy seven hundred colorway. These look fucking ugly shit. It's like a baby blue and a baby pink. they're they're ugly not a fan of them. I, I can't find the other ones, but there's a lot of Yeezys that are supposed to come out in 2019 that all look like shit. And I think people are over trying new styles when it comes to Kanye West shoes. So I think that they're all going to be like under $400. That's my prediction for the 2019 Yeezys. They're probably not going to be hyped up at all. And people are going to fucking be so over them. All right. Now watch, they'll go for a thousand bucks and everyone will want them. Number one, most anticipated shoe of the year I can kind of agree with is this, I need to zoom in more because my fucking camera, is this Travis Scott Retro One, Um, you can't even really see it. Basically, it's a brown suede Retro One, kind of like the Rookie of the Years, but it's just, it's even darker than the Rookie of the Years, and the swoosh is flipped, so instead of being like regular, it's flipped the other way around. And no, nobody's ever really seen anything like this. I think that the shoe surgeon did something similar and he customized a pair like that. But to actually see Jordan release a shoe with a reverse swoosh is fucking insane. I think these should be, these deserve to be a $2,000 shoe or a $1,500 shoe, anywhere between that range. Um, we saw last, I think last year, there was a sneaker shop in LA that got their hands on a pair of black toes that had a reverse swoosh and it was a flaw. But they ended up selling for supposedly like a hundred thousand dollars, which is fucking insane. But just to show you guys what the reverse swoosh could do, um, it could fucking make numbers. And now it's obviously they're doing it on purpose and it's a more general release. Um, they're still going to be super limited, but it's like widely released. It wasn't just two pairs. So I think these Travis Scott's will be fucking worth a ton of money. Also, Travis Scott's got his name next to the Kardashians and they're probably going to fucking promote the shit out of it. And any shoe he has really should go for a lot of money. I don't know why the original like retro fours that he did didn't really go for a lot, but I think this shoe, if it's not $1,500, bucks, i will be buying it and rocking it for sure because I just think the look is dope. I love brown and black and white. They're very neutral colors. It goes with a lot of my style right now. And uh, yeah, so now we're almost at an hour, which I didn't even think I was going to do this long of an episode. But Thank you guys for listening. Please go fucking review the podcast. Share with a couple friends. I'm kind of sticking at the same like 400, 450 listeners per episode. So maybe share this episode a little bit. Well, yeah, maybe give me a couple fucking more fans. All right. Uh, Thank you guys for listening and have a great fucking, have a great Sunday night.